Welcome back. We are here once again for our Sunday online gathering. My name is Ninat Salve. I'm the lead pastor for Zealous Pune and I am super pumped and stoked to celebrate Easter with you wherever you are wherever whichever city you're tuning in from whichever place of this uh, country you're tuning in from we are happy we are glad and we are thrilled that we get to do church in this manner uh, you know if you have been joining us in the last few weeks we have been talking about uh, the the talk series that has been going on called crisis and caves and today is the finale. Today is the last part of our talk series, Crisis and Caves. And while, while we have been journeying through this time, uh, the core purpose of this talk series was to help us navigate through the challenging times we all are going through. See, because every segment of the society is affected. You look at it, the, the, the rich, the poor, the, the, the knowns, the whoever, every segment of the society is really affected. And as much as every segment of the society is, is affected, the impact the pandemic and the lockdown is having on our emotional, physical, mental and spiritual health is something worth considering. I love it that we can encourage ourselves through these virtual hangouts, the calls, the Zoom meetings, and the, uh, the FaceTimes and the WhatsApp video calls, whichever medium you're using. I love that we can connect and stay connected with each other through these virtual uh, uh, opportunities or technology that we have. But I'm even more relieved that we can look for our encouragement and hope from the stories of the Bible. Over the last couple of weeks, we have, been, we, we have seen a few stories, uh, you know, as to how people encourage themselves in crisis moments, how people really found themselves the much-needed hope, the much-needed freedom and the joy in some of their most difficult moments. You know, they, these are some of the stories that were written so many thousand years back. But one of the things that you and me can relate is that we see the similar kind of fears and the similar kind of panic are, that is mentioned in the Bible and that makes it so real for you and me to connect with. Or should we say that they face their own crisis and their own cave moments during the times when they did life? You know, like for example, yeah, we, we see some of, some of these guys that we spoke about and I'll get to that. You know, we spoke about Elijah, we spoke about David in, over the last two weeks. See, but when I was prepping for this talk series, there are a few important principles that we have spoken about over the last, over the last two weekends. But one of the underlying truth that I believe God really wants you to hear is that the health of our body, soul, and spirit is very important during these tough times. To fight and to tackle this situation, we cannot afford to be down and out in any one of these areas. So your, the health of your body, soul, and spirit is really important. Today, as we close out on this, on this talk series, it's, it's amazing how the build-up has been that as we celebrate resurrection, as we celebrate Easter together as a community, it's, it's fantastic that we can close out in this manner because... I want to bring a slight different approach to the finale of Crisis and Caves through the life 
of Jesus. You see, because Elijah was depressed, David was distressed, and Jesus was dead. Let's go turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to be reading from uh, verses 1 onwards uh, till verse 1 to 7 from the Passion Translation. If you guys are there, just, just put, a, put your thoughts in the chat. If you guys are there, give a thumbs up or say you're there or whatever. You know, let's, let's, let's keep continuing those chats going. I love to see the responses that are coming in. Uh, Luke 24, verses 1 to 7. We're reading from the Passion Translation. Very early that Sunday morning, the women made their way to the tomb carrying the spices they had prepared. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, Jesus' mother. Arriving at the tomb, they discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in to look, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. They, they stood here, there, stunned and perplexed. Suddenly, two men in dazzling white robes, Shining uh, robes, uh, shining like lightning, appeared above them. Terrified, the women fell to their ground on their faces. The men in white said to them, It's not the men in black, it's the men in white. Right? Just in case of you wondering. Okay, okay, let's, let's focus, guys. The men in white said to them, Why would you look for the living one in a tomb? He's not here. He has risen. Come on, somebody. Can you type that out in the chat right now? He is risen. Jesus is risen. I want to say that again. Jesus is risen. Have you forgotten what he said to you while he was still in Galilee? The Son of Man is destined to be handed over to the sinful men, to be nailed to a cross, and on the third day, he will rise again. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for every single person who's gonna, who's, who is watching this and who will be watching this even in the days to come. We pray, Lord, that the, that the truth of your resurrection, that the truth of your scripture, and, and everything that is there, Lord, in the, in the, in the, in the Bible, would really make sense in our current scenarios and our life situations. We pray for this time. Anoint me, Lord, even as I bring forth this talk. Let there be clarity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus is risen. On this Easter Sunday, on this day, there can't be a greater news for you and me to get hold of from all the updates that we keep getting, if, if this news has become slightly old or irrelevant or, or you think it does not make sense, I want to tell you and, and, and kind of put this out to you. He is risen. Now, you see, I was, uh, we, we, we are continuing with the talk series and we, we have just read from this passage where we see that these, these ladies are trying to walk up to the tomb to, to kind of do the, the ceremonial procession that, that they wanted to do in terms of applying these spices and everything. And, and we see that the body of Jesus is not there. He's not in the tomb. You see, some of the situations in your life go from bad 
to worse until they become really better. Has anybody faced those moments? Those, those really desperate moments or those really heartbreaking moments where, where you were so devastated that, that things are going south, things are going so bad until something happened and, and all of a sudden the entire scenario changed, the situation has changed and that's what, that's what we're seeing in this, in this particular passage that we just read. We are, are seeing, we are reading a resurrection moment over here. Which brings me to ask you this, my first question. Anybody in need of a resurrection moment in your life? Anybody in need of a resurrection moment in your life? If that's you, come on, shoot up your hand or show of hands if you need a resurrection moment. For those of you who don't understand what I'm saying, let me help you. Before you and me can experience the power of resurrection, we need to know something very important. And, and if, I would, if I would get an opportunity to, to title the third part of, of this talk series called Crisis and Caves, I would call this, and you can say this with me, what's your tomb? Come on, ask this to yourself, ask this to your family member, ask this to someone who you're watching this with, what's your tomb? See, because you can't, ex you can't really expect a resurrection in the dead situations that you are not even aware of. Are you with me? You can't really expect a resurrection in the dead situations that you are not aware of. So ask yourself again, what's your tomb? And this time, go ahead and talk back to yourself. What's your tomb? See, because if you read, if you, if you read study the life of Jesus, since the time Jesus got into motion, about doing the will of God that he was assigned to do, he went all out guns blazing. He went all guns blazing. He was so focused, he was committed and determined to fulfill the plan and the will of God for humanity. Now, we see, we saw a few days back when we were talking about during the Good Friday experience, the power and the significance of the cross and how Jesus bore the pain and went through the suffering for all of us. But the crisis for Jesus did not begin when Judas, one of his disciples, one of his own, one of his homie, betrayed him. That's not when the crisis began. The crisis began somewhere else. Can you, can you say that with me? The crisis began somewhere else. See, some of you are trying to solve the immediate problems and crises of your lives. But I want to remind you or maybe even nudge you a bit and ask you this. Could it be possible that the crisis in your life could have begun somewhere else? Because it's not the immediate that distorts your present. At times, it's not the immediate that distorts your present. It can be a load of things that have been building up to your current crisis. See, Jesus was not solving a small problem for his little town of Nazareth when he was up on that cross. He was getting rid of a crisis that began in a garden called Eden. If you've been following the story in the Bible that begins with, with the beautiful narrative of, of, of the creation of, of the earth and creation of humanity, we see that the fall of man brought separation from God, the Creator. And that's where the crisis began for you and for me. 
But God from the beginning had it all planned out and was in control of everything that was happening with Jesus during his time of being crucified, during his death, and even his resurrection. Can I, can I also tell you this about your life? God from the beginning has been in control of everything in the world and, it can, and is still in control of the current situations that you and me are experiencing. You know, one of the favorite scriptures in, my, in the Bible is where Paul, in, in Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 28, he says, And we know all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Any, any lovers of Jesus listening to me right now? All things, Paul says, all things. Now, when, when, when we say all things, think with me for a moment, okay? Because sometimes we, we are so good to, to run through this verse that we say, oh, yeah, all things. And then, but what are those all things that Paul is talking about? All things could mean a pandemic. All things could be an economic crisis. All things can be a global recession. It can be a loss of dear ones or another hundred or a thousand or a million things that can add on to this list. But when the Bible says all things will work together for, for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. See, when Jesus died on that cross, it was a perfect sacrifice that made way for humanity's future. And in, in order, uh, the, you know, when we see that happen, we see there's, there's a lot of chaos. The disciples of Christ ran away. They were scared, not knowing what's going to happen. And, and because death was staring at their faces. But can I tell you, in order to experience a resurrection, we first need to experience death. I want to say that again, and I want, to, I want you to hear this. In order for you and me to experience a resurrection, we need to first experience death. The cave moment for Jesus was not just a place of death. It was a preparation ground for resurrection. When you are in alignment to God's plan and purpose for you, even in your dead moments, you will see and you will experience the resurrection that God wants to bring. Though Jesus is a son of God, you and me need to understand this, he was still in his human form when he was being crucified and when he was put to death. But because he was so determined to, to do the will of God, until the point of death, he also experienced resurrection as a part of the plan and the will of God. You see, because as Christ followers, the resurrection of Jesus is the reason our faith has substance. It's a resurrection. It's, 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 at, that, it's at that point where, where everyone thought everything is over. His own followers thought everything is over until it was not an end. Like I told you a few weeks back, your cave moments are not the end. It's a pit stop. The death of Jesus was not the end. It was a pit stop until the resurrection moment came and Jesus rose up from the grave. 
The resurrection of Jesus is the reason our faith has substance. There's another beautiful passage in the Bible where Paul is talking to the community of the Corinthians and, and at Corinth. And he tells them in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and these two verses, 13 to 14 from the Passion Translation. He tells them, for, for if there is no such thing as resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, all our preaching has been for nothing. And your faith is useless. But thank God that you and me can experience the power of resurrection. You know, the, when, we, when we talk about our faith in Jesus, we are not just expected to worship any human deity or give into a ritualistic pattern to become more spiritual or more religious. We are called to enter into a relationship with the living God who has the power to give you his abundant life and bring you out of your present dead situations, your bondages and your crisis moments, which can be your tomb. It's the resurrection experience that makes this relationship with Jesus worth pursuing. And, 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 and I love this thought that when God put this thought in my head, I, I, I knew that there is something unique about this particular Sunday. And I want to share that with you. The assurance for our restoration with God can only be experienced through our relationship with Jesus. Your assurance for restoration is found in your relationship with Christ. Today, I believe God just doesn't want you to survive or just merely try to navigate through your dead or impossible situations. He wants you to experience His resurrection power. He wants you to experience the abundant life that only He can bring in your dead moments, in your, your, at your cave moments, at your tomb moments, in those impossible moments and those situations, God is wanting you to experience his resurrection power. Now, you are the best person to describe your tomb or your dead situations. No one else can do that for you. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You know, considering that, that, that you, that we get so used to, to visiting these dead places, these dead situations, so frequently and so often because you and me are thinking that maybe nothing can happen in these dead moments. You, you're almost at the verge of, of losing the most precious thing in your life and, and you're so getting used to that thought that you've become immune to that thought that you're thinking, okay, you know what? Probably this is how it's going to be. You, you, I don't know how, how your employment scenario is looking, but you may be on the verge of losing the job or you would have already lost it, but you've become so immune to the thought that you're like, okay, I don't even know if I'm going to get a job anymore because of what's happening around me. You know, there's a, there's a pattern that is being developed in some of our minds where you and me become immune to the dead situations around us. But thank God for Jesus. Can, I, can somebody say that? Thank God for Jesus who gives us an experience and a shot at experiencing his resurrection power. See, what we need to realize, that Jesus is so passionate about your well-being and so crazily in love with you that he has already gone ahead 
to the extent of laying down his life for you, setting you free from the wretchedness of your dead situation, setting you free from the wretchedness of sin and shame and all your wrongs. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. What the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us all. He has also given you the choice of his free will to choose to accept his love and his plans and his will for you. The gift of free will is still your call. So I want to close out by asking you that Jesus is way more keen to help you and lavish you with his love and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy for everything concerning, concerning your life. My question to you is, are you willing to give Jesus an opportunity to step into your life, to step into your death situations, and to step into your tomb? Maybe in your case, your tomb represents your emotional anxieties, your depression moments, your relationship fallouts, your, the unforgiveness, the, the hatred, the anger, the uncertainty of the future, and the list can go on. I don't know what your tomb is, but I know something. You, I know this for sure. You know your tomb way better than anyone else. But can we all just pause for a moment over here and hear this? Jesus is able to pull you out of any tomb or cave moment. Jesus is able to pull you out of any tomb or cave moment. He will do it for you. All you need to do is allow him to step into your life. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community. 